Welcome to Build Your Thing, the podcast where we help content creators find their unique creative voice, monetize their work, and build their tribe of loyal fans. I'm your host, Matt Jero, and today we're going to talk about paid ads. And you may have been thinking about running ads for your business. So paid ads are one of the ways to reach millions, if not billions of people with just a few clicks. So who could be better to actually give us some insights about how to utilize ads as someone who's actually doing this day in, day out. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have Dennis Yu on the show. Dennis is not only a world-class expert in TikTok advertising, he's one of the world's top ads and analytic experts. So just to give a little bit of a background, so he built the internal analytics at Yahoo before most of us had even started dabbling on the web. So across clients, his agency have spent over a billion dollars, and let me say it again, a billion dollars dollars in social advertising. So I'm pretty sure that he can teach us one thing or two about advertising. So with that being said, welcome Dennis to the show. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to connect. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. And thank you very much for your time. And before talking more about your latest book, which is all about TikTok advertising, I would like to pick your brain a little bit um, on how content creators can actually leverage um, paid advertising. So before, you know, going into the nitty gritty, can you introduce yourself for those who may not know you? I spent a lot of money on ads. I'm a search engine engineer. I'm here to create a million jobs, right? Data driven. I think social media and the internet's a great place. There's lots of potential traffic, but most creators have no traffic. They have nothing. They have nobody listening to their podcast, nobody watching their YouTube videos, nobody coming to their website. And so you solve that through the dollar a day. The dollar a day strategy, I invented this 15 years ago, and we spent a billion dollars across all ranges of companies. But the ones that succeed are those that have some kind of expertise. So dentists or lawyers or real estate agents or people who are authors or speakers in some way. If you have expertise and you make your videos the right way and you put dollar a day against it that's the secret yeah i mean like when i was reading like your your tiktok book it was like all about you know like this one dollar a day and and i mean it just really seemed to be a, a no-brainer but you know let's just dive a little bit deeper into the into the nitty-gritty so dennis i mean you're the billion dollar admin and you have been running maybe like probably thousands or tens of thousands of campaign ac- across different platforms oh yeah all the time, every day, it's like breathing. Yeah, so so the thing is like, you know, when jumping, like say from one platform to another, I think that you're not necessarily relearning the, like, you know, psychology because psychology is like, you know, like kind of quote unquote an evergreen expertise, right? Once you understand human psychology, I mean, you can just run ads on different platforms. So um, this brings me like to the question is like, there are, let's say so many dials that you can play with, um, like, regardless which kind of ad platform you're going to choose. So what would the billion-dollar ad man tell to someone who's just getting started? Like, what would be the 80-20 when it comes to paid online advertising? Dollar a day is so fundamental, so easy, it's so powerful. See, all the ad platforms are really now the same thing because they're driven by the same algorithm. Therefore, they have the same interface in how you load up the ads. That being said, I would start with Facebook and Twitter for a dollar a day because most audiences, depending on what niche you're in, of course, choose the platform that your audience is in, but 
Facebook and Twitter are the easiest two to start with. And then later you can get to LinkedIn and Reddit and YouTube and all these other channels. Okay, so you would actually start there. And like, how can you actually get started? So this is really something that um, like I have been like waiting for to have you on the show to really ask you, because, you know, as creatives, we have like, you know, so many ideas, like you have like potential ideas about a positioning or maybe a product or like, 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 like everyone just has ideas. But what different, what differentiates actually the, you know, the men from the boys is like those who actually can execute on their ideas, who can validate their ideas and actually make, make things happen, right? So ads are a great way to make things happen, but how do you actually get started? Look, the whole point of ads is you're spending money to get more out of something that's already working. So generally, if you're a creator, you're making money somehow. Usually there's a product or service. The best creators that use ads, they own some kind of business. And so when they have a podcast or they make content about whatever, it drives more people into their funnel. But if you don't have something to sell, then the question is, how are you making money on ads? Now, if you're like a break.com or if you're a Jake Paul or you're someone who's pretty well known and you monetize well, then you can probably afford to spend money on ads. But I wouldn't spend any money on ads unless you clearly have a product and something that, that people resonate with that they can buy. I would make sure you have a business first, right? Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So like after listening to you, it's really all about understanding that, well, you have to build a business first. Like you have to build um, an offer that works. You have to find out the positioning that actually works before like spending even with like one single dollar on ads. Yeah, you need something that people buy. Otherwise spending money is just wasting more money. The whole point of the algorithm, whether it's on you know, Amazon or Facebook or whatnot, is it will give you more of whatever you have demonstrated successfully. So in, until you have people that are buying and you know why they're buying, why would you run ads? So it, it all comes down to you know, the, the unsexy thing of actually doing your market research, talking to yeah. people, and yeah, just put it off in front of them and just see if they are buying, right? Yeah, if people are buying from you, you can use these systems to get more because the system will find other people just like those buyers. The, sy the systems are very good on Google, Facebook, and TikTok. So the other thing that I wanted to, to ask you is, like I read, I, I don't remember where I read this, but it may be on your blog or in, the, in your latest book, is like um, you were just mentioning that, you know, a lot of, a lot of wannabe marketers um, tell you that, well, I tried it and it didn't work. So um, like... Like most people actually, you know, they just try to run some ads and then just see, well, it doesn't work. And this is like an amateur. So how does a pro actually approach it? Well, let's say, Matt, that I go to the gym and I work out really hard today, two or three hours, very sweaty. I come back and say, hey, I went to the gym. I didn't lose 50 pounds. The gym is a scam. What do you say? Well, uh, you, you mean you just need to be consistent. Oh, but I, you know, I tried your dollar a day and it didn't work. I'm not a millionaire now. I'm giving you the answer to your question. <laughs> People say it didn't work. Yeah, they run one or two ads and they give up. Yeah, well, you need to try a little more. It's not magic. One in 10 ads will work. If you just run one or two and you have a 10% chance of success, what are the odds that's going to be good? You need to make dozens of ads. Which means you have to test dozens of angles 
um, without like, should you actually tweak your offer depending on their angle that you're using, or is just like you know, I'm just tweaking the angles. I mean, you could tweak the offer. You could tweak whoever is saying the stuff in the video. You could tweak the landing page. You could tweak oh, there's all sorts of tweak the targeting. There's all kinds of things that you can tweak. And because there's so many variables, you need to start with something that you know is working. For example, a video of a an ideal customer, like a happy client, a, a happy customer who's bought something from you. Make videos with them and about them to try to attract more customers that will buy. So it's not about making random sorts of content. It's making content around a theme that you know has worked. I mean, that, that makes so much sense because, you know, as, as I mentioned previously, a lot of people just think about ad like this kind of magic thing that you can just, you know, um, start running and, you know, you can have a business overnight just by running ad. But listening to you is like really understanding that ads are an amplifier. If you don't have a business model, putting money into Facebook or Google or whatever isn't going to fix the fact that you're missing a business model. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. The other quote that, that, I, that I pull out is like, digital marketing should be more like cooking, following recipes than witchcraft, so magic and secrets. Yeah. I think of it even like a microwave or, you know, an espresso machine. You put the thing in, press the button, mm -hmm. or maybe like a DJ, right? You put the song on, you press the button to press play. The machines now are so sophisticated. It's the ingredients that you put in, not whether you and I are better at pressing the button. You know, maybe Matt, I can press the button better than you on the microwave. Maybe not. But it's always the issue. Increasingly, it's the quality of those ingredients. So when we talk about checklists and recipes, if you bring garbage into my kitchen and you mm -hmm. expect me to make it taste delicious, you bring in rotten vegetables, don't blame the cook, right? Bring in high quality ingredients, then it's easy. Meaning it's all the edge, especially if you're a creator, is how well you can make videos. Do your videos resonate? If your videos suck, no amount of advertising magic mm -hmm. is going to overcome that, right? That makes a lot of sense. So how can you actually start improving your, um, you know, your ingredients? Lots of practice. If you're able to get organic engagement, that's usually a good sign. If you're putting stuff out there and it's getting no organic engagement, <clears throat> I don't think running ads against it's going to do very much. It, unfortunately, the ugly truth that no one wants to admit on the internet is that most mm -hmm. people who deem themselves creators, they suck. Their content just sucks because it's not interesting or they don't know how to speak clearly or whatever it might be. <clears throat> so running ads against that, why would you do that? Like it's, it is the, the whole, you know, YouTube and Facebook and all the Instagram, these places are all a level playing field. I've seen a lot of people go from nothing to huge because they know how to, they know how to be a successful creator. If you, if you haven't done that, you shouldn't be going into ads yet. Ads will not fix somebody who sucks at video. That makes so much sense. So how can you actually start leveling up like your game before actually start running ads? You interview customers. You learn how to be a pro interviewer. Learn how to speak clearly, how to build relationships, how to honor mentors, how to capture expertise. There's thousands of classes on how to do that, right? I, don't, I am not the expert on mm -hmm. how to do that. I just do it my way. My way seems to work well for me. But the key thing for all these other people that are creators is that they know how to build an audience of people who subscribe and want to continue to listen to that person. They dominate a niche. Even if they're not the number one in that niche, they know the other people who are. So in a nutshell, what you are saying is that you have to build 
a business first, right? You just have to understand what actually people resonate with and what you could actually push further when it comes to creating ads, which means that you're just starting out with organic um, pieces of content and you just see which one start popping up and which don't. And then you just take it from there. You need hey to get everyone, feedback Matt first, Jowell right? Here in this channel. Well, I'm looking at your YouTube right now. If you have some of these here, the one you made three days ago has, or one day ago has three views, six days ago has 19 views, eight days ago, six views. So you've got to get feedback. Now you could run ads as a way to get feedback. So if you have this one here, how to grow and monetize your newsletter from scratch, you put that out there eight days ago, then you could run that to audiences that would be interested in similar content to get feedback. But until you have feedback, how do you know if any of these pieces of content are any good? You don't, right? You don't. You might think it's good. You don't know. You have no data. You don't know. I see you have lots of these videos, but the ones that, that seem to be resonating, like this one, how to use unlinked mentions in Obsidian. All these Obsidian tutorials, they do really well. These other ones, they don't seem to do so well. So it looks like YouTube is telling you what content's working, right? Yep. And I look at your top most popular videos, <clears throat> Evernote, your number one most popular video, Evernote versus Apple Notes, full comparison. You have 11,000 views on this from a year ago. So here's another one, how to use Google Trends to find a profitable niche, 10,000 views. Well, Google's telling you what's working. Why don't you make more in the same thing? In the same area, right? You know, there is like an interesting thing is like, um, like, Right now, like I just I, I ditched YouTube because like I wasn't really enjoying doing the videos. So the thing is like um, I'm right now like more active on Medium, and on Medium it's like I see like the same kind of content is the one that is, that is getting traction. So as an example, like I was able to you know build an email list of more than three thousand subscribers in in less than ninety days using Medium, all about note taking, which actually you know mm -hmm. just is another. Um, is, is like all about no taking and we like you just mentioned that those are those are one of the videos that had had the most views so it seems like even like cross platforms like the data seems to be the same right yeah medium is one of those love hate sorts of things because medium your medium ranks number one on your name mm -hmm. but the trouble is it's not your website it's yeah. someone else's platform you might as well post on facebook so it might help you build your list but you have to figure out a way to get them cross channel you can't be dependent upon any one channel. So if you get the email address, that's great. You're, you're 3,000 emails, then what, right? Yeah, I mean, then then I just like, you know, I have daily emails, writing them emails, putting offers in front of them, and yeah, just taking from there. So like just leveraging this platform to just build your, build your email list. Yeah. So then what would you do with this content? So here we, here we are talking about, you know, dollar a day and productivity. So, if, you know, you've got to get the content out there so people see it. So other people that you interview, that they'll wa also want to be on your podcast, right? So one of my favorite things to do as a creator, if I don't have an idea, I'll just interview other people who are the best in a particular category, but to make it so that their time is worthwhile and so I can attract the very best guests, I put a dollar a day so that that content will get 100,000 views. So they see that. So people want to be on my podcast because they see how much traffic I get, right? The dollar a day strategy, this is what we've been talking about. So I po post a link on Facebook and I put a dollar a day against that person or against that topic. I post it on Twitter and I put a dollar a day for seven days. I'm only spending $7.
and tag them. That way they see it. And they it's like a, a nice appreciation, right? That makes sense. So like you really encouraged me, like after this show going live or this episode going live, you know, to just start Twitter ads and then just see what happens. Yeah. Because the, the saddest thing is you interview a guest and the podcast gets no traffic. No one ever sees it. It might as well just be a private Zoom call, right? Mm-hmm. That's the dirty That's secret with, with most creators and podcasters. They know that there's some Joe Rogans that are out there, but most podcasters and creators get no traffic. And you would actually, let's say, boost um, a podcast episode, even though, um, let's say, you may not you know, get an error. It's, it's like, is this just, it's just about the reach or... Like, how, how is your, like, I really want you to understand, like, your, your, how you think about that. So it's just about the reach or, or what? Think of it this way. So Matt, if you want someone on your podcast, why do you want them on your podcast? What's, there has to be some bigger thing. Otherwise, it's just like getting someone for free consulting, where it's just you and them and no one else will ever hear it. A smart podcaster interviews other people for the benefit of a larger audience, which makes everybody look good, right? So that's something that you have to have in place beforehand. If you don't have that, then you'll be like 99% of podcasters where you just interview people that you like, which is great, but you don't want to have people think that it's going to generate any kind of traffic. It's just like giving out free consulting, which is I like meeting people. Sometimes I'll be on podcasts where there's no traffic, but it's cool hanging out with other people, right? But the bigger podcasters want to know that there's traffic, right? So it's worthwhile for their time. You can't say, yes, I turned down 90% of the requests to be on other podcasts because they, not because I'm important or anything like that, but I just can't handle the number of requests that come in. So to stand out, right? If you reach out to other, other people, if you boost some of the podcast episodes so you can show potential guests that you're getting traffic, that's how you stand out. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. And thank you very much, Dennis, for sharing this uh, with me. And yeah, I'm going certainly to apply everything that you mentioned until now. And well, I think now it's a great time to shift gears a little bit. And let's just talk about TikTok ads, right? Your latest book that you've co-written with Perry Marshall, which is called The Definitive Guide to TikTok Advertising, starts with a bold promise. It's actually how to access 1 billion people in 10 minutes. So... TikTok seems to be a great opportunity right now just to start getting traffic, getting cheap traffic, and, well, advertise where your competition doesn't advertise. So tell us more about that. I don't believe in trends. I'm lazy. So you could look at something like a clubhouse, which was a trend, right? It was popular as a COVID app. But TikTok is the world's number one website used more than Google right now. It's not a trend anymore. And people were saying the same thing about Facebook in 2007, that it was just for kids and it wasn't going to last. And now look, right? You might hate Facebook, but it's here and it's huge and it's the dominant social network. And TikTok now has hit enough scale that everyone is on it, including people over 60. And now is a great time because the cost of the traffic is cheap and their algorithm is very smart. And if you understand the heart of TikTok, which is boosting other people's posts instead of you having to make the video, it's really no different than just word of mouth, right? Word of mouth, referral marketing, having happy customers talk about you. This was true before there was the internet. And now you have the internet to expose those connections. 
So your customers are doing the work for you. It's really that simple. This is interesting. So how can you actually leverage your customers in order just to run TikTok ads? So like, is it um, just uh, running uh, ads about testimonials or what? Well, you don't want to say testimonial because who wants to sit and watch testimonials? It has to be interesting. It has to be educating. It has to provide some sort of entertainment value. It has to show some kind of vibe, usually like some interesting tip or something that causes people to think about, you know, if you spend time on TikTok, what's interesting? And people who are experts or authors or speakers or creators, they have some interesting angle. And it doesn't mean mean singing or dancing, but it's something that they have to say. Yesterday, I interviewed a chiropractor. And instead of talking about adjusting your neck or your back, he was talking about what it's like serving Muslims in the community here in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And we were interviewing other Muslim leaders and what was going on in the community. And for example, they have four steps to how they bury their dead. So at their cer- at the cemeteries, they have these mini worship centers that are set. like, there's a lot of interesting things that I learned that are all worthy of being on TikTok, but you would just as easily put them on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram reels, right? These are all short form, interesting morsels that showcase who you are, who you associate with, the kind of customers that you serve, and without ever making it ever look like you're actually selling. Yeah, so it's really all about joining the conversation, right? The the things that are already going on in their head. And well, you're just here extending this conversation. Yeah, I agree. Another thing that you mentioned in your book is that, well, the easiest way to actually create a TikTok ad is just to pull out your phone and simply record a selfie. So what about people like me who like run faceless um, YouTube channels or um, maybe, you know, have been just considering in starting a TikTok uh, ad campaign. You have to show your face. There's no way around it. TikTok is selfies. It's 15 seconds speaking into your cell phone. You can have other people speaking, but you need to show a face on TikTok. Okay, so I may have to pass on this opportunity. But people in the audience who actually are comfortable in doing that, well, they should and certainly consider Um, you know, giving TikTok a try. So the other thing that you mentioned is that it just takes you less than 30 minutes to actually um, create all those ads uh, per week. So it doesn't need to take a lot of time. I spent even less time than that. I spent time creating content, which is independent of the different channels. So whenever something interesting happens or I'm, I'm with a guest or I'm at a conference and I'm meeting interesting people, I'll pull out my phone and collect a 15-second or 60-second video about whatever it is that is shared. Then I don't have to do anything after that because we have a team of people who then can pick it up off my phone because it's automatically uploaded into Apple iCloud and Google Photos and Amazon Photos and Dropbox, all four of those. And then they can process it. They can format it into Instagram and Twitter, Facebook and TikTok. They can format it into YouTube. They can do all that other work, which is what we call the content factory. So I only need to produce the content on my phone. That's it. I don't upload anything. I don't categorize stuff. I don't provide directions. I'm not editing things. Yes, there's lots of apps that you can edit the videos and all that on your own. I don't do any of that. I don't want to. And we have armies of virtual assistants that 
they make $500 a month doing it full-time, which is a great living in the Philippines and Pakistan and other places. Yeah, totally agree. And well, you certainly have, you know, the trainings and all the back-end, right, in order just to get exactly what you want. Of course we do. We have 100 courses. So they go through our courses and get certified. I'm not going to sit there and one-on-one train people. That's just not a good use of time. So for everyone who's just thinking about, you know, start utilizing this opportunity of TikTok and running ads there, what would you recommend? Get my book so you can avoid all the mistakes that other people are making. Like, why would you want to have an iPhone, right? Because <laughs> the iPhones make better video for social media. Why do you need a microphone? Because that's the number one thing that ruins video. What are Spark ads? 70% of TikTok ad spend is on Spark ads. How do you set those up? Yeah, and what I really liked with your book, obviously I read it, is that it actually combines the 80-20 and it's not very long, so it's a short read. And well, it can get you started right off the bat. Thank you. All right. Anything else that you want to share, Dennis, before we wrap up this call? The best video is the one you make. So you can study, you can listen to people talking about TikTok, but until you make some of these videos and put it out there and run Spark ads or run lead ads, if you're a professional services person, you're not going to understand. You know, it's like talking about football or talking about, you know, how do you, whatever, do it versus doing it, right? It's a certain point. I mean, you certainly you have to learn and you could buy the book and watch YouTubes and listen to podcasts, but you're going to learn so much by just jumping into TikTok. And you're going to discover all these things that you missed. I started doing TikTok three years ago, back when it was Musical.ly and other apps that were inside ByteDance, which is the parent company of TikTok. TikTok's not a company, you know. TikTok's an app that's owned by ByteDance. And even I was late to this game. I feel like in some ways I'm late to this game. But we wanted to wait until for sure TikTok was the number one social media app, the number one website where we tested this thing enough times that we know it'll work for most people. Like we were going to release this book a year ago, but Perry Marshall, my co-author and I discussed it and said, ah, system's not quite ready. Let's wait a little bit. Let's wait until it's easier. Yeah. So now seems to be the right time. And I'm going to link to the book in the show notes. Yeah. Now's the right time. If people want to know more about you and what you're currently up to, where should I go? Google me. Thank you very much, Dennis, and wish you all the best. Thank you, Matt. All right. So hope that you've enjoyed this episode with the billion dollar ad man, Dennis Yu. As you see, Dennis was straight to the point. He was just like answering the questions. And well, I just want to thank him to actually make time in his busy schedule just to hop on a call with me and actually share his pieces of knowledge with us. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a five-star review. All the links are in the description. And with that being said, thank you very much for tuning in. And I can wait to see you in the next episode.